This episode of Street Focus is brought to you by FreshBooks. Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is a special urbex or urban exploration photography episode. I don't know one photographer who is not drawn to old, abandoned and decrepit buildings. So I invited my good friend Mike Baining from Detroit to talk about something that's close to his heart and that's urban exploration photography. And it's not going to be an episode about Detroit because I really wanted Mike to give general tips and techniques for anyone who is going to try urbex photography in their own cities and that's anywhere in the world. So Mike, welcome. Well, thank you, Valerie, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on tonight and, like you said, talk about something pretty close and near and dear to the heart here. Exactly. And and for me, it's exciting because I've been seeing your work and being very envious <laughs> because we don't have all those really cool uh, right. buildings, um, it, you know, in, in, the, in Minneapolis um, mm. has, well, there are some, there are some everywhere, but much right. harder to to find and mm. uh and it, you seem to be like in the perfect place for that kind of thing yeah so. yeah it happened happens to be and it's slowly going away actually but yeah. uh it's still still certainly enough to get into <laughs> yeah, for sure so right. t- tell us a little bit about yourself before we delve into the world of urbex photography sure sure thank you thank you again um you know i've always always been into photography all the way back into high school and, and I think I left high school wanted to be a journalist and of course things always seem to change in direction where you want to go and uh, but as the kids grew that I had and I always had that camera with me and I loved uh, the technology so I think I was always shooting um, but uh, over the last couple of years the kids are gone uh, you know they're all out of college or out of college now so started getting pretty serious about 2011 getting back into it and I think like everyone else, uh, did a lot of types of photography, uh, was shooting everything from events for Detroit Convention Bureau, taking headshots for companies, uh, shot sports for a couple of colleges. Uh, but uh, two, two and a half years ago, I really fell in love with that urban side. Uh, of course, urbex, street shooting, uh, you know, I've been focused on that now for a little over two and a half years. And, uh, you know, trying to branch out now, doing some workshops along with some workshops for tech like Olympus and and I think that's you know that's somewhat of the the new thing for 2014 here is the that micro four-thirds bug bit me back in 2012 and uh, by the end of 2013 I had sold off all my Nikon equipment and uh, you know all micro four-thirds and this year we've taken it to another level and uh, currently a co-host of a bi-weekly show on Google Plus, YouTube, and of course iTunes as a podcast called Mirrorless Minutes with Jamie McDonald and so yeah that that's that's the history, the quick and easy of it. <laughs> that's great, and I yeah. was uh, the guest on your show, right. and uh, I I love it. It's 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 popular, and uh, and it's good because uh, there are so many things to talk about. So right, uh, right. Th- that's awesome. So tell me, ur- urbex, what is mm-hmm. urbex? Okay, well let's let's go into it. And before I start, just a couple of disclaimers, especially for this type of show. I've I've done some talks on this before, and I always like to throw out a couple of disclaimers. And that is, you know, urban exploring, when we talk about this day, can be dangerous. Uh, uh, Trespassing can get you arrested, can get you killed, you know, uh, in areas. Falling great distances hurts. Uh, You know, you can uh, 
fall from buildings, injure yourself, exposure to things like asbestos and chemicals, uh, even things like animal waste. Uh, you, you've got to be very careful. And we, I don't advocate any of the behaviors that we're going to talk about today. I'm not saying to go do it. And certainly if you hear anything about legal, because I'm sure we'll touch on some legal aspects, uh, I am not a lawyer. Um, but after that, all that said, uh, let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know? go, go at your own risks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but urban exploring, so I, I think it's a lot of things, a lot of different things to different people. But I'll, I'll tell you what, how I feel about it. And, and, and my, my points really are, you know, it's the thrill of being in places that others may not have been um, after it's sitting there empty. Um, you know, if it's exploring the unknown, uh, not unlike a very curious child is how often you want to get into something or get into something that you shouldn't be. I think that that's in many people. And um, one of the ones that uh, I really uh, appreciate and I try to look for, and every time I go into a new building, especially is, is the love of history that I have. I, I try to read up on that building or anything if I know I'm going that I could grab from the past, if, especially if it's an auto factory or something like that. Like what happened? How did it, how, what was it like in the heyday? How many people were working there and lives and everything so that that's an exciting thing to you know to really look back and as you're walking through it you can sort of imagine you know how yeah. how, how what happened here on this floor you know 60 70 years ago and you know when there was five six thousand people working in a place like that um and then uh i've been on a lot of um, urban explorations where people really have a, a very emotional connection to the property their father or grandfather worked there 50 years ago or worked for them for 50 years. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a big part. So I think mainly, you know, urban exploration is about getting out there, exploring structures that are either abandoned or off limits and usually not easily accessible. Mm -hmm. That would be what I think at least urban exploring is. Yes, and uh, mm -hmm. if only those walls could talk. Huh? Mm -hmm. and, and that's exactly it. And, Obviously, in today's show, and probably while we're talking about it, and why there's TWIP and everything else, is usually it's combined with photography. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, uh, you know, we'll be talking about that today too, yeah. as well. So, so what uh, what's in your what's in your bag when you head out mm -hmm. for uh, a half a day or a day of uh, right. urbex photography? Um, mainly, I'm carrying probably uh, you know one. I'll probably usually carry one body. It'll be an Olympus camera, probably an EM1, and uh, and I'll have at least the the twenty, like a twelve to forty lens on it, and that'll be my standard. Uh, um, I'll, I'll always bring a fisheye because there's, I love fisheye. I, I know our friend Chris Smith there. We always joke about it. He's got that same love for fisheye, mm -hmm. fisheye lenses inside some of these places, but. Um, I usually carry that and, and maybe a macro because there's so many things you can do with textures in these places where the paint's peeled from walls and, and that type of thing. It, it's, it's fun to get some of the, the rust in that uh, in, in the macro vision. So that's about it. Maybe two, three lenses tops and I'll have a very light tripod um, because in many cases I'm doing bracketing uh, yeah. because the light is so... You, you know, it's, it's so low in some places, all you have is your flashlight. So you may actually, to get the place lit, have to do light painting in itself. Um, and that's that's about it. You know, quick, uh, um, you know, for equipment wise, you're, you're carrying other things, of course, safety type things. But uh, those, those are the main things camera wise. So do you um, do you use manual focus in such dark areas or how do you how can you 
Uh, or mm. is your camera able to to autofocus and, and you use a flashlight? How does it how does it work? Yeah, I would I would say most of the time I'm probably shooting on aperture priority and I am on on uh, on autofocus because um, we're usually not going into the places that are absolutely totally dark. No, you're not you're not a ghost point, hunter. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah, obviously we're not going out at night. We're, we're we're going out in the morning, so you're sure. usually going to get some nice light coming in from some of the windows. So you'll have, which you'll is have awesome. some good directional light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is usually pretty awesome depending on how it's coming in. And um, but mostly, mostly I'd say it's probably you know aperture priority and, and just you know regular uh, uh, focus, I, manual focus. I will do when we get into those areas because there are, are some offbeat areas down hallways that will not have windows. And uh, if we do have to do light painting, I, I am going into manual focus for that type of stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so safety is the first concern. It is. And I, I think before you start any urban exploring or before you go anywhere, and I don't, uh, it wouldn't matter if you're in Detroit, Minneapolis, uh, you know, Germany, uh, France, it, it wouldn't matter. Is uh, Some of these tips, and these are the tips that I, I try to live by, and I actually have that list right in my camera bag. Because I, I try to check that constantly to make sure I've checked off what I what I've done, and and that is uh, first you never explore alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never go out to these places alone. I, I don't. I know some people will try to, but I I'm not going into these buildings alone. Uh, you know, one of one thing is you don't know what you'll find and what could happen to you, and the other thing is if you know if something does happen, you want someone there to help you. Uh, so we'll so I would never explore alone, and I'd always tell uh, someone who's not going, where I am going, and when you can expect me back. So if it's five hours past that time, yeah. it would be important to you know call somebody and see what's exactly. going on. Exactly. It's kind of like mountaineering, really. <laughs> right. It, 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 it exactly is. Yeah. And I think some, sometimes you tell other urban explorers, and, and yeah. that helps because they might come look for you. And, yeah, and uh, they're familiar. And the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and they're familiar with the location, so that helps right. too. Yeah, yeah and I, th- I think in the... When you're in these buildings, some of the things I find, especially when I first did it, but not only when I bring new people out, is, is you know, remember, there's no cones, there's no barriers mm-hmm. to prevent you from falling, um, there's holes, there's nothing, in, you know, uh, covering up uh, great covers, and uh, that's all gone, usually by scrappers, that stuff's picked that's up. That's true, yeah. So there's no handrails on the stairs, obviously, no electricity, so... So you have to watch out. For, you're, you're watching out for that, but then you're also looking at some warning signs as you're entering new rooms or new areas, and and I think that's very important too. When you you're looking and you walk into a new room that you're first exploring, and and you look at it and you see a bunch of uh, lighting fixtures on the floor, you know, or things that would have been attached to the ceiling. Well, then you might want to look up because yeah. that, that the ceiling may be crumbling and coming down. And I have been with people that have been hit by chunks from the ceiling, not necessarily cement, but certainly, you know, huge pieces of drywall and that. Yeah. Um, if there's plants growing in, in inside a building, and obviously you realize it's abandoned, but that means there's probably leaks somewhere to get that water to those plants. Yeah. And again, roof and that. And uh, if the floor feels real bouncy, and this sounds funny, but if that floor is bouncing and real cushy, you might want to be careful because it may be, you know, full of water and getting ready to fall through. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and, you need, and sometimes you think you're on the first floor and that's all there is. And many of these buildings, especially the schools that we've been into, uh, have basements. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't even know they have a basement because 
stairs are covered up and you can't see and you know people have fallen through either half you know basements and you know you fall through and you your your legs are through the floor and you don't know where you're at so yeah you've got to be very careful do you know um, do you wear a helmet and a mask um, or? i you know i i I don't wear a helmet. I have gone out with some people that have, and uh, that's probably something that I probably should mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at times. But I, I would suggest if you feel if that makes you feel more comfortable, definitely do it. And a mask, I'll usually have just a basic painter's mask that yeah. not necessarily can protect you from everything. And, and I won't always wear it, but if I feel uh, you know threatened by some chemical or maybe in a I'll, I'll I'll put that on. Yeah, just even um, the the mold. I mean, some people react mold, to mold. Yeah, mold, the mold can be pretty bad in some of the places yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it's simple things: cell phone. Make sure your cell phone is with you and charged. Yeah. Um, uh, flashlights. I would carry as many as you think you're going to need, and then I'd put one more with yeah. it. Because <laughs> sure. something's going to happen. You're going to drop one in a water, and you're not going to be able to get it back. Uh, clothing, pretty simple. It fits well. It can be ruined. It can be ripped. Be prepared for that. Um, shoes, waterproof boots. Uh, and I think gloves are always important too. You know, of course, if you're in the winter, you're, you're probably pretty protected with all those things. But, but in the summer, in case you have to move something, you don't necessarily want to touch everything. And one thing I, I think a lot of people forget. This is my last one for safety: is know your camera well. Yeah. Because if you're fiddling with your equipment. And then, and you're in that dark area. You're you're going to draw your attention away from the area. You may start to walk backwards into something, into a hole. Um, I myself have been, you know, I've cut my head open on things that I didn't know were hanging from a ceiling, and because you're paying attention to your camera, and you know, you got to get the right shot, and you forget about your surroundings where you're standing. So I always tell people before you go for the first couple of times, go into a room that has no windows. Shut all the lights off. Grab your flashlight and try to know where your camera controls are. Yeah, you know, l- learn like that. Yeah, that's a, so. that's a very mm-hmm. good point because, yeah. Uh, yeah, we get distracted and mm-hmm. uh, it, and it only takes one mistake. Right, and it, you know, the same thing can happen in the street too when mm-hmm. you're not watching cars. Oh my gosh, by. yes. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or even when I'm on my phone. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Don't have to be with the camera. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. It's it's uh, things can happen quickly. So mm-hmm. so for sure in that that situation. So how do you get in those buildings? Um, you know, a couple ways, and I think the first one a lot of people forget about because you see an abandoned building and go, oh, I wonder how I break in or how I, how do I get in there. Um, the first. Thing I think a lot of people have to realize is there's nothing wrong if you can find the owner and ask permission. Yes, um, it's a great it's a great way to get in. Um, some of these abandoned malls um, that are out there, we have actually a couple up here in Detroit. Uh, you know, those are really neat to shoot, um, and they're certainly boarded up real well. But if somebody owns it, and if you get a hold of them, uh, you know, say, look, we'll we've gone out with a couple of people and say, we'll, we'll give you all of our pictures. You can do with whatever you want. You know, we'll release them to you. But could we go in and you know mm-hmm. document what the place looks like and explain your photographers and uh, that that's worked actually pretty well yeah, uh, for us. I think I think in cases like that, they they prefer you ask than right. uh, you know then the then something happens and exactly yeah. exactly and obviously there's there's going to be other times where buildings have just sat and there's there's no way to find an owner the city doesn't even know who owns them and there's many like that in Detroit so um, they're not guarded at all because it seems like here when there are some no. large abandoned building there is always a security guard so right. they're there well. It seems like there's so many of them, so they're just pretty yeah. Much they up. just can't. Yeah. yeah, there's there's not enough 
there wouldn't be enough either police or even guards yeah. or someone to hire the guards. But um, at the same time, you know, it's closer you get to midtown or downtown. If a building were abandoned, you're going to see somebody there. Mm -hmm. But these are just just in the you know within the uh, the factory areas of the city. Yeah. There's no one there. Um, I would say, especially this goes for everyone is when when you're in an area, check local trespassing laws. Um, see how tough they are. Some yeah. of them are extremely easy going, and uh, you, you know, not that you would get caught, but if you did, it's good to know. Yeah, well, are you going to be in jail for two days or are you just going to get a warning? <laughs> Especially yeah. if you're going to a foreign country and doing this. Yeah. Uh, I would just automatically say, yeah, oh. I'd get a tour guide for that. Yes. Uh, if you really don't know. But um, one thing, I, I, would just, I wouldn't break laws. I would not steal from the buildings, even if you, even if it's abandoned and you think no one knows who it is. The vandalism, the breaking and breaking and entering into buildings, that... That's not, I would never condone that. And if you can't get in and that's telling you, you shouldn't be there. Exactly. Um, especially if you have tools. And I know I've gone out with some people that brought hammers or crowbars because they want to get to certain areas. I just, I don't, I don't know. Personally, I don't like to be with, yeah. with those people because if something does happen and we've talked to a lot of police um, out here where they've pulled up and we've been, you know, just inside buildings or they've come in and, uh, and, and it's, it's been a, also always civil and, and, you know, they're saying, please don't get hurt. A couple of them actually one year asked, uh, asked us uh, about a couple of cameras he wanted to buy for his wife for Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> so we nice. gave him some ideas. Yeah, I've, but, had, uh, I've had those conversations with security guards too, actually, right. in public places. But uh, they came to me thinking, oh, no, I got busted again. And uh, right. I said, oh, what kind of camera, camera is that? That's really cool. And so then we talk <laughs> about gear. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, that, that can lead... But when you when a when a police officer sees someone with you know hammers or crowbars, yeah. or, and the other one is, um, and this it doesn't happen usually with me, but I know others have complained about it is people going everybody exploring and bringing a bunch of alcohol with them so they can party uh, yeah. along the way. I'm thinking, oh, that's. That's just asking for trouble. <laughs> Def, definitely. And it's it's making it more difficult for everybody else behind them. That's the problem, too. It's uh, the lack uh, of respect will make Urbex photography um, yeah. impossible. So, Oh, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're... It's just like forest street photography, you know. If, <laughs> uh, if if photographers lack respect towards their subject, then it's that's when those privacy laws are going to start keep coming and, and right. it's going to make it difficult or impossible for everybody else. So I think you have to really set the example. Right. And, you know, it's, it's respect, respect what's there and, and you're mm -hmm. going for a reason. And, and it should be for those reasons we talked about in the beginning of the show, yeah. your love for that and a love for photography. But um, a couple places that absolutely stay away from um, is, in my mind, are, you know, places like that are close to airports or near airports. Mm -hmm. Just border areas, especially in Detroit here. We have Canada is right across the border. It's just a bridge over or a tunnel under, and you're in Canada. So anything that's along that Detroit River, um, the Department of Homeland Security is always patrolling that area. And we have that beautiful old train station, that you know, multi-story train station that's probably been one of our most prized urban exploring <laughs> yeah. uh, pieces here in Detroit. Um, but that thing is patrolled by Homeland Security, and wow, uh, you know, you don't I, want I, to mess with them. <laughs> I just, I just wouldn't mess with them, and no. you know, they just, they are not, they're not going to ask you about cameras for their wives. No. <laughs> um, it's not going to happen. Or if and, they do, you'll be behind bars. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And and military sites. I have been out yeah. in San Francisco, 
and uh, did some stuff with some old military sites and and uh, and I think that was probably the last time I'll ever do that. That got a little nerve wracking. Yeah. You, you don't want to be near military sites. <laughs> no, you, you never know what uh, secret right. you may uncover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> then you never know. Uh, so, um, and what what's uh, what's the most What's the strangest thing you've ever run into? Um, <laughs> probably, I, I'll give you a story of probably the most scared I've ever been in a building. I can tell you that. <laughs> There's a, a, a passage hallway between a, a church, a great church here at St. Agnes, and the school that was attached to it. Um, this church was Rosa Parks Church, actually. Oh, wow. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful church, and it's falling apart uh, tremendously fast. Not only from people that probably shouldn't be doing things inside of it, but also the weather has really taken a toll on it. Um, the weather, just like you know, I don't have to tell you, in Minneapolis, uh, very, very tough on these buildings when they're not protected. But there's this this tunnel hallway that the priests used to go back and forth from the school to the church, and um, you don't see, at least in my experience over the last uh, four years or so, I, I don't really run into that many, you might think you'd run into more homeless people, uh, you know, people living in these buildings. But in that one, there happened to be to be someone there that actually habitated, uh, you know, habitated that place or, you know, uh, actually lived there. And, uh, and it was a very interesting display of work he had uh, that he called his, you know, home. And that was a little scary. And I can remember seeing a pot of beans. I go, you know, guys, this this isn't good. It was totally dark. Yeah. And uh, the next thing you know, you hear somebody, and I don't think we waited around. I think you saw us probably running pretty quick to get yeah. out of there. <laughs> you know, so let's let's not, you know, why why are we doing it? You know, we don't want to interrupt him. Let's just respect him and get out of here. But you know, it's a scary thing when you saw some of the stuff that he had hanging, and and that you go, ah, I think this is time to move on yeah. from this spot. And, yeah. And use your best common sense. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If it, the situation feels Ooh. sketchy, then it probably <laughs> is. I, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of Street Focus. And that's our good friends at FreshBooks. What, um, what, what building stands out as your favorite in the Detroit area? Um, I would say uh, probably uh, that that one building there, St. Agnes, that we yeah. talked about, that church. There's another church, uh, Woodward Presbyterian, that a lot of people call St. Curvy. It's actually built in the round. Um, unfortunately, that, that one has fallen uh, prey to not only weather, but a lot of vandalism. And uh, that was an amazing, amazing church because it was all in the round and went way, way up, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, I don't know, 70, 80 feet in the air, a big dome. And that was just a beautiful thing to shoot, especially if you, you know, with a real wide angle lens. Um, and uh, and from from there, I probably go, uh, certainly this train station and and not a lot of people have been there. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That one is is absolutely amazing. And yeah. it's, um, you know, it's it's in a lot of pictures from Detroit, and you really can't get into that one. But it's an amazing place to uh, be there. Um, and there's some, you know, there's really, really um, very uh, easy. We'll call it the Fisher Body Plant. That that's a lot of fun actually to to go in and start to learn urban exploring because it's so easy to get into. Um, five six stories got a nice rooftop that you can take some nice uh, landscape pictures of Detroit with the sun coming up. 
And uh, as the sun comes up and it gets, you know, uh, the sun isn't that good then anymore over the city. You just start hitting the floors and, you know, there's different things. It, it was a place that they built bodies for cars and painted. And okay. um, it's, it's a lot of fun to go through the floors and it's a great way to get in and out. And not a lot of people bothering you. I think actually I was there this last weekend and I quite honestly, I think I saw 30 to 40 people there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I was surprised at how many people there was some Instagram uh hang out actually going on there really? a bunch of instagrammers got together uh instagram and and uh, urban exploring go hand in hand okay. as well so yeah. i would always that's one of my tips too if you want our resources there yeah just always being involved in instagram so now when when you travel to other states or other countries how do you research locations um you know i i belong to i try to belong to um some reputable uh Uh, exploring groups that are local to each area. So I'll, I'll spend some time looking. And mainly, I think the one thing is you get in touch first with photographers. Mm -hmm. And um, and it just so happens that it seems like street photographers sometimes have a little edge and knowledge about what's going on yeah. in the urban landscape. And uh, they can direct you to some of the other people, even if it's a tour guide uh, type in that area. Um, I know the couple of spots that I've been to in Atlanta, um, you know, I found out just from doing this normal Facebook or whether it's Google Plus, talking to street photographers from Atlanta, and then, you know, bringing that conversation more towards, I'm going to be in, I'd like to do some urban exploring. I've seen some great pictures on Flickr because that you'll go look and whether it's Flickr or, or if you're on Instagram and, and The, the last thing you're going to do is ask on Facebook, hey, how do I get in? Um, mm -hmm. You're not going to get an answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's going to give you an answer on anything like that. So I think you break in and you talk to, you know, some regular photographers that are more urban style. And uh, and, and then I do that. And um, some like here in Detroit, I would I would absolutely recommend there's a, you know, if you're coming in and uh, you want to contact somebody, we've got a, a group that does tours, uh, DetroitUrbex.com. And, um, you know, I'll give you that link to put yeah, it in the show notes or whatever. But but that's a that's a good one where, you know, they have some experience in these buildings and uh, and, and, you know, and give you the guy, good guidelines and know the right times to get in and that type yeah, of stuff. And which places to go in and which to avoid. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. But a lot of places like we have um, a big um, abandoned um, asylum uh, mm -hmm. in uh, in northern Minnesota that actually has uh days are it's open to the public so right. it's not for photographers but they give tours and, and they're pretty uh easygoing you can mm -hmm. you can actually bring gear and take your time they only open parts of it but um and i'm sure not probably not the most interesting parts because uh mm -hmm. they probably keep you in the safest part <laughs> of the building but so mm -hmm. there there are places like that or that will let you even bring a model if you want to incorporate right. that in your shoot have you ever done this Um, you know what? I have I have done that in Mansfield, Ohio. Actually, there's a abandoned prison. Mm -hmm. um, there was a large group. I didn't go with them. Actually, they just went out there last week. Um, it's where they filmed uh, the uh, Shawshank Redemption. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's beautiful, old prison. And uh, instead, there's a new prison still right next to it, so you can't take pictures out the back. Um, but uh, it it is uh, they've done a good thing, I think, to let people in. And, you know, they charge you money and, mm -hmm. and they actually, you have the run of the place. They absolutely tell you, do not close the cells. There's, you know, the cell doors, there aren't keys. 
Um, you don't want to be locked in a no. cell with no keys. Um, and you can, the place is so large. I think there might have been 30 or so people on that last trip last week. And uh, not many even ran into some of the other people with them. It's so big, yeah. That's it's so awesome. big. And I know Philadelphia also uh, has something, the East State Penitentiary, that's very similar where they'll mm-hmm. you can pay in. A lot of those ones, I don't know if the asylum there does it in, in uh, Minneapolis, but uh, they will also have ghost tours. Yep, that that yeah. usually goes hand in hand. Yeah, they do <laughs> right. that. They do that too, and uh, and that's that's a fun way. That's how I discovered new places. And I just uh, mm-hmm. you know you go look uh, watch those ghost shows, and they take yep. you to some really <laughs> creepy places, and they make it look even creepier. And yeah. uh, so that's that's kind of fun. And uh, and I always say, oh, it would be so cool to bring a camera in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so ghost tours are are. are are getting popular so i'm hoping you know we start getting those places to open up for photographers as well um and even if they charge an admission fee i think that's oh, only I fair agree. and uh and then it's it's safer and you're not breaking the law so that's the right. that's really the best part now if you could pick one location someplace anywhere in the world that you've heard of that you want to check out what would it be um well if i was very adventurous i, pr- I probably like to I'd I'd really have to be protected, I think, from a safety standpoint. But I'd love to be to see Chernobyl. I was just going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's it's one I've talked about, and yeah. uh, I got a son that's going to be an engineer, and I always told him, "Hey, if you can understand that Geiger counter, I mean, yeah. maybe I need to take you there with me to make sure we're protected." Yeah. But uh, that that is just seems everybody just got up and left. It looks yeah. like yeah. I've the pictures I've seen and. Just amazing books open in in the schools, yeah. you know, where the kids are reading, and wow, that would that would definitely be a, an epic sight. I would it, think it would be. Wow, mm-hmm. that would be. Uh, yeah, who, who knows? Maybe we can get some authorization and right. we can uh, <laughs> run a workshop there. There you go. <laughs> With the right safety gear. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Wow. So I, this is this is really exciting because uh, I mean I, I've done a little bit of that locally, mm-hmm. um, very small scale, um, and um, and I love it. I I think it's exciting. Um, never been to really large places like old factories or right. man shopping malls. Even I can't. I never even thought of that. But of course, mm-hmm. those places are not particularly old. But um, it's just right. the stories that uh, they still hold. And and uh, so what what kind of things do you find like in an old factory like uh mm. old car plants do there still have remnants of old cars or um yeah in, in detroit i will say one of the probably one of the best and we have some of the best people is we have some amazing scrappers i've i've actually seen tv shows on them uh and the scrappers in detroit that have, you know that take the uh, metal and steel so so much of these places has been taken out if it's metal steel copper mm. Um, it's it's really uh, sad, but I have been to Gary, Indiana, and um, and the last time I was there a couple of years ago. Really, a lot of that was left, and and it's amazing the things that uh, you know still withstand uh, and and start to grow, like old bank vaults uh, mm-hmm. inside the post office. Just beautiful. Uh, it's not only the beautiful history, but they're copper doors and. Uh, amazing things that someone probably couldn't ob- obviously lift out. Yeah. Um, so so it remains, and and I think those are that's where I stop and I, I try to envision, and then as soon as I get that picture, I'll I'll come back and I'll, I want to do some hi- more history research. Yeah. On you know on what happened, especially in a town like Gary, Indiana, where really like the whole town just rolled up and yeah. went away. So what what's happening in Detroit that you say that those places are 
getting um, are they uh, being shut down? Are they being uh, t- torn down? They, and- they are being torn down. Um, so, some of it is is you know just falling apart. Mm-hmm. I think uh, as as the years go by. But you know, Detroit the bankruptcy's over. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's a new life uh, that is breathing in Detroit. And, and a lot of this, obviously, people don't want to have these buildings around. Yeah. And they are starting to come down. And um, personally, I, I think that's great to see. There would be some amazing things if we could put uh, some of these tours together. Like this Fisher Body Plant, you could, you could easily do a tour situation in, inside that, you know, the years and years, because that place was in World War II was building planes. Wow. Um, you know, so those types of things. And uh, I, I think that would be an amazing. Actually, the, the last word on it is there was a German entrepreneur that had visited town and he was going to buy it to make it a uh, uh, an electronic uh, disco type place oh, <laughs> for really? electronic music. Huh. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine it being that large, but... Um, it, it's, you know, those things, those things will happen. And, uh, and, you know, we've got the Packard plant here. That's an amazing, you know, million square foot, uh, multitude of buildings, but that was actually purchased and it is purchased actually guarded now, um, by a, a entrepreneur from Peru that is trying to redo the things actually living there. Wow. He said, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to live there. And, you know, if, if you're ever in town and we go there, you'll you'll have it hard to believe that someone could actually live in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, so the you know the, those those things are uh, you know it, I think they are coming around to it and starting. You'll start to see them go away and mm-hmm. which um, is good. I mean, it's 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 a. Uh... Uh, it's good and bad. I mean, it's, it's good, good for this. It's good for the you know the people of Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, things are looking up and and changing. Uh, and but yeah, then uh, there's uh, you want to be able to <laughs> capture all those images mm-hmm. while you can, and before. Yeah. And, and I suppose like some of the old churches. Do you think some of them will be restored versus it, being torn down? Yeah, I, I do. I, okay. I do. And I, there's a there's a big movement in that. Yeah, actually, that's where, good. Well, you know, parishioners from other parishes will get in and try to save some of these churches, especially, you know, the one with the history with Rosa Parks. It would just be beautiful to save that. And, uh, you know, I know I'll, I'll share some pictures with you to, yeah. to put there and, and I'll try to put some of those buildings that really are, you know, aren't the greatest any longer. And uh, but it's just amazing that you, you captured those pictures while it still looked beautiful. Wow, that that yes, I will definitely put some pictures in the show notes yeah. as well as some some of the links that you mentioned. Um, right. Any any last tip for somebody who is going out there trying? Yeah, some- you know, I talk a little bit, just maybe some resources. Um, I, I talk a lot about Instagram. I think that that really has a, a draw for urban explorers. Um, Facebook, of course, and Google Plus aren't bad. Um, you get some decent communities there, especially on the, on the Google Plus side with their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd really, you know, contact local photography clubs because people are into that. But there is, and I'll include a link to this one, this Access All Areas. It's a it's a book. It's called Access All Areas, A User's Guide to Urban Exploring. Uh, it's about a 10-year-old book, but it's, it's an amazing book written uh, really about urban exploring and, you know, some of these tips and some of the things to do and, and how to get go about your day if you're going to tackle this subject matter. Great. And uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good thing to read, yeah. um, you know, to keep handy, I think. And uh, I, I think overall my last tips are just be confident when you're in these places. If you do go, watch where you park your car. And, and 
if you are confronted about by officials, you know, whether it's police officers, security guard, be truthful. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is lie about your name. Then they say, well, let me see your license and you're yeah. not the same person. <laughs> Things just go downhill quick that way. Exactly. And, and tell them you're a photographer. Yeah. Um, it's simple. And that motto of, you know, take nothing but photographs, leave nothing but footprints. Easy. Yeah. Just just do that. Be respectful. And a lot of this is so similar to street photography. It's, it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Well, thank you, Mike. And, and where can people uh, go see more of your work? Um, uh, and I'll link everything as well. Right. But, so it, there is uh, the Mirrorless Minutes uh, of podcast, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, a website? Yeah, MikeBaining.com. And it's just uh, all one word, M-I-K-E-B-O-E-N-I-N-G.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to share your passion for Urbex photography because uh, that's uh, when I think of Urbex, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I will make it to Detroit, I promise. Yep. Uh, with, probably with some local friends here who are just right. uh, dying to explore some of those places. There you go. Uh, so that would be really fun. Thanks again, Mike. All right. Thank you very much, Valerie. Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. I would like to thank our sponsor, FreshBooks, for making this episode possible. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and to check out Mike's work. And I will put some of his images um, in the show notes. Uh, Also, Street Focus is on Google+. Uh, Please join the community. I'm doing some casual hangouts to get to meet you and share ideas for the show. So um, I'll see you there. And then share the love and tell your friends about Street Focus on social media. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. (music) 